Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. It's hard enough to make jokes in English and in French. It's a whole other thing to offend and entertain audiences in English and in French. But Sugar Sammy has used that ability to become one of the biggest comedians in Canada, one of the biggest comedians in France. But he'll tell you about the small neighborhood in Montreal that he grew up in that he credits as the reason his career took off. That's coming up. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, Here, There and Everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the show. So this summer, we're spending some time revisiting some of our favorite conversations of the year. And I I couldn't wait for you to hear this one with the comedian Sugar Sammy. Because as I mentioned, getting in the messy middle of language and culture is kind of where Sugar Sammy feels the most comfortable. Whether he's performing in English or in French or in Hindi or in Punjabi, whether he's in Austin, Texas or in Australia or in Canada, poking fun at the things that seem to separate us, he thinks is actually the way to get us to work together. After becoming a megastar in France with his stand-up comedy and then becoming like the Simon Cowell character style on France's version of America's Got Talent. Sugar Sammy has been touring across Canada with a new bilingual stand-up show. He's been doing it all year. It's called um, You're Gonna Rear To, Rear, Rear, meaning like laugh in French. It's selling out everywhere. It's playing through the fall. I got to sit down with Sugar Sammy in the Q studio to talk about it earlier this year when the shows first kicked off. We started uh, by talking about how growing up in a multicultural environment really is what got him started in the first place. Here's our conversation. Can we talk about uh, growing up? Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit. So I'm not from, I've only been to Montreal. I haven't, um, I haven't lived there. Um, talk to me a little bit about Cote de Neige. Tell me a little bit about this neighborhood you're from and, and, and what you remember of it growing up. Well, picture it this way. It's kind of like, it's the most multicultural neighborhood in Quebec. Um, and everybody's trilingual. So it's kind of like Toronto minus the French. So it's really, you know, it, it it's amazing because I think a lot of my cultural education and the reason why I'm able to adapt to so many cultures is my upbringing, is the fact that I grew up in Cote de Neige. You know, is the fact that I grew up around so many cultures and nationalities and all of that was there during my developmental years. So it was easy to build bridges as I was traveling. So it was like you you were... You, not just in, in shops that were around you, but people you're going to school with or people from all kinds of different different places. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different places. Uh, and, um, you know, it was 
it was fun to also know at a very young age why everybody had different customs and different ways of doing things, you know? And, uh, and it wasn't foreign to me and it wasn't like, well, why is that uh, acceptable? It's like, okay, I know that, you know, my Jewish friend can't uh, play hockey with us on Friday night because it's Shabbat, yeah. you know? So it's like very quickly uh, understood, you know? I knew what Ramadan was, I knew what Eid was, you know? Yeah. They knew what Diwali was. So it was one of those things where we never uh, had to learn that as adults. And that's a great thing to do. It's it's almost as good as learning a language. Yeah, learning a custom, learning yeah. of people. Yeah. And what were you speaking at home? We're speaking Hindi and Punjabi. Well, Punjabi mm-hmm. with the parents and then Hindi because they'd throw us in front of Holly, uh, Bollywood movies all day. So we'd watch Bollywood a you lot. You would speak Punjabi with your family, but yeah. you would watch films in Hindi, so you would learn Hindi from the film. That's right. And in school, French. In school, French. Yeah, we were forced to go to French school. So we did. Uh, I did elementary and high school in French, and then CJP and university in English. I was going to ask when you learned English. Yeah. Well, there's also Hollywood, right? So I used to watch... Uh, you know, I grew up watching like every other good kid in my of my generation, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> what better way to learn English yeah. than to watch two hillbillies? <laughs> <Yeah>. in <a laughs> deep southern accent. These are not being chased by the sheriff and the deputy. Yeah. So it was. Uh, Sam, Sammy's talking a lot like this when he's talking. To, you <laughs> that's know, right. So Dukes of Hazard, Knight Rider. You know, like watching all those shows. Uh, Chips with my brother. You know, we'd watch all of that stuff, and that's how we. We learned, uh, we learned English. And I think a lot of times also with my friends, we'd speak f- uh, French in school and then uh, after school we'd speak English to each other or during recess we'd speak English, yeah. I had a, um, a friend of mine in, who's from Montreal, born and raised in Montreal, but is um, Anglo, um, say something to me not that long ago that I haven't stopped thinking about. So we were somewhere and my French is okay but it was whatever for whatever reason it wasn't good enough for what whatever we were doing. Right. And her French is of course perfect. You know, she grew up in Montreal. She went to French school. You know, all that stuff. And um, it made me think of you. She, she, she said, you know, I, I know, I'm, I'm thinking about moving. I'm thinking about going to Toronto for a while. And I said, oh yeah. I said, you know, I'm, you know. And she said, the thing about my French, like it's good, but I'm not funny in it. I'm funny in English. It's my first language. I can be funny in English. I can't seem to be funny in in French. Wow, have you ever? Can you relate to that? Do do you do you know what she meant? I mean, I think so, but I think it's it's a very easy adaptation to make. I think she just has to just work it out linguistically a little bit because my adaptation isn't just uh, linguistic; it's cultural. Meaning, when I do my French show in Quebec. It's completely different than my French show from France, or at least 75% different. You know, when I went to France, I actually lived there, you know, did a lot of research. I mean, I, I always feel like creating a show for a new market, it's like, you know, part market research, part anthropology, and part espionage. <laughs> and you have, to, you have to really dig and be able to adapt. And I feel like that, if I just transpose my Quebec show to France, it would never have worked. And a lot of people have tried that and it fails miserably, miserably. So I think there's an adaptation. And like the same thing when I'm doing my Canadian tour, it's completely different from a tour in England. And it'll be, you know, it'll be slightly different from a tour in, in, uh, in the US. And but, but when you're in Quebec, you're, you're able to do like, I'm home. I'm home. However, I think this is the interesting part is no matter where I go, and this is something I think I'm very attached to, I want to keep, I always have that outsider label, even at home. So when I'm touring Canada, it's like, oh, that guy from Quebec. When I'm touring 
Quebec, it's like, oh, the Anglo, Montreal or Canadian guy. When I tour France, obviously I'm the Canadian guy coming in. And when I'm in the US, I'm, you know, the, the Canadian guy roasting the Americans. But I feel like that outsider's point of view has always served me well. And it's always a great way to, I think, audit a culture pretty honestly and then report back, you know. Is it ever lonely? Uh, is it ever lonely? I think where I do find home is always in Cote d'Ange, yeah. circling back. So I always feel like that's the one place I don't feel like an outsider. I definitely feel like I'm, I'm, I'm home. And even though um, I tour the world, you know, I still live very close to the neighborhood and I make sure that I do everything in that neighborhood. So I do my grocery shopping there. I'll do my banking there. I just anchor myself there as much as possible to, you know, remind myself of home and then be able to go back in the world again. And it, it always, I think, gives me a, a good boost to come back. They must be proud of you there. I think they are, yeah. I mean, I feel it, you know? It feels like you're always treated like a family member, you know? And and it's funny too. It's like, uh, I'm, I sort of miss the... Uh, <laughs> the treatment. I was telling someone the other day. I was, I was in like the east end of Montreal, and and you know I remember walking into the store, and someone working there was like, "Hey, so great to see you. We haven't seen you around in a while. It's so great and like super nice, you know." And I'm like, "This is not Cote d'Ange. I miss, you know." I remember walking into a shop in Cote d'Ange, and the lady hadn't seen me for a while. She's like, "I thought you were in France. You got fat." And I was like, "This is what I miss. Is like you know these people grounding me <laughs> and reminding me." Where I'm from. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I love, I love, people are very nice up here. I love going back to Newfoundland. Doesn't it feel good? And just mocking me. Yeah. Relentlessly. Or, you know, or that kind of thing. Like, oh, or like I remember one time I accidentally, so in Newfoundland, instead of Loblaws, we have Dominion. Yeah. And I accidentally said, oh, yeah, I got that at Loblaws. Oh, listen to himself, Loblaws now. Oh, must be nice out there. Look at Johnny Loblaws, you know? The big city boy. Uh, just mocking me. And it, I love it. Yeah, of I course. Never... It grounds you. I think you need it, you know? I'm Tom Power. My guest is the Montreal comedian Sugar Sammy. Sugar Sammy grew up speaking four languages, French, English, Punjabi, and Hindi, and he's performed stand-up in all four of them. Sammy has played 1,900 shows in 32 countries so far. Right now, he's on a Canadian tour called You're Gonna Rear 2, where he's performing just in French and English. The crowd work you do is incredible. Mm. You're great at it. Um, it's become a bit of your calling card. Right. Were you good at it right away? No, I wasn't. I mean, that's, it, it, it doesn't lie. I think those are years of experience. I mean, that's 27 seven years in the business, uh, performing, you know, th thousands of shows in different contexts forces you to have that muscle. Uh, and especially in places where if you're not alert, if you're not able to defend yourself with and be witty, they'll eat you up. I think that came from performing in England uh, 10 years ago. I think I really developed that, started developing that there. And then in France, of course. you know What, what happened in England? I mean, they're tough. They're a tough audience. France is the toughest I've seen, uh, you know, but England, uh, if, you know, they'll start heckling, in you, heckling you. And if you don't have clever comebacks ready, the crowd will slowly turn on you like a pack of wolves. <laughs> Have you and, been on stage and that's happened? Oh, that's I've seen it happen and I, it's almost happened and I had to get out of it. Yeah, so uh, it, it's good. It's like, it's, you know, the urgency of saving yourself, you know, because you literally die up there if you're not getting a laugh. 
as a comic. I mean, a, a one minute silence is a very long minute as a stand up, you know, so, uh, so you have to develop that muscle pretty quickly. And it's something I really like too. I love doing it just because it keeps me present. And in the moment, a lot of times performers and in every art form, you've got your show ready, whether you're hungover, whether you're, you know, having a bad day, the show is the same A to Z. But, you know, there's nothing like having fun up there. And, you know, as musicians, they love jamming sometimes. You know, you'll go off script and you'll start jamming. And that's what crowd work's like, is it keeps you present, keeps you engaged, keeps you like, you know, uh, keeps every show unique. And I think looking for that moment also makes me motivated to make sure that I'm, I'm prepared for the show and not just winging it, you know. Sure. Why is France, you said France is the toughest audience. Why is France the toughest? They don't even come to watch anymore. They come to judge, like Paris especially. Paris is the toughest I've seen. And I tell them, like they know. They know what I feel. <laughs> I mean, I tell them that it's the toughest audience in the world. They they actually come to judge, you know, like they're, uh, uh, I tell them, I say, if, if I had to rank the toughest audiences in the world, it'd be Paris, number one, then ISIS, and then on, and then on, and then, and then on. <laughs> but they, you, you, they're there to, they're, they're gonna, they're there, they're not there to laugh. They, well, they're not there to laugh. That's what I say. Yeah, but, but they're, but they're, they're, they're gonna, they're not gonna be generous to you necessarily. Well, they're not gonna give you free laughs. What right. I like about them is they're very demanding. And I think it made me a better writer to really write for them. I think when I left Canada to live in France and write a show for them, I think it became me a, it, it made me a better writer because I was able to write for an audience that was extremely demanding. Uh, also extremely masochistic in some ways because they really like it rough and they, they like being, you know, roasted by, by foreigners. I, I, I realize that and, you know, their own as well. Um, and I thought that was very, very interesting. And I think having acquired an appetite for that I brought it back home. And I think this new show sort of reflects that as well, which is fun. You're roasting the audiences a little bit more in this show. Oh yeah. This is a definitely a, a, a way, a way more, uh, I think, uh, it's, it's, it's a way more cunning show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, it cuts hard this one. Uh, Canadian audiences generally cool with that. They're cool. I think I had to adjust as well. Like, I think it was fun because it was, you know, writing with the appetite that I had, uh, developed in France, but for a Canadian audience. So it's fun. It's fun to be able to, um, you know, audit your work from time to time. The pandemic, like, sort of gave me that couple of years of, like, really looking at it and then saying, okay, I've got to also make sure that I keep changing my patterns so I don't become predictable yeah. to any audience, you know? And that's, I think, a really good thing to do as an artist is be able to always restructure your patterns and, and make sure that they're always surprised, you know? I've seen you do jokes about the Quebecois to the Quebecois that I can't believe you get away with. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I, even just, I'm not even talking like really rough ones. What was the one I saw that, like, you were asking somebody, maybe they were in France and they were from Quebec about going to McDonald's. All right. Getting the, about, get the Mac Poulet. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. The Mac Poulet and the Mac Chicken. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Quand tu commandes un Mac Poulet, <rire> on te comprend, comprend pas. Je peux tu avoir un Mac Poulet? They said, you know, I ordered a Mac Poulet. They didn't know what it was. And you said, well, what's on the sign? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they said, McChicken. Yeah. C'est un McChicken ici. OK, mais quand tu l'as lu, c'est écrit McChicken. 
Et toi, t'as dit, non, non! Écoutez, nous, au Québec, là, on dit Mac Poulet. To me, I always feel like that's the most interesting writing as a comic. I mean, to cross the line, you know, gratuitously is, is easy writing. To hold back and really water it down to stay in a real safe place is easy writing. But to really be on that line where you feel like there's going to be danger in the room and you don't know what's going to happen and then to get out of it with a laugh, I find is the most complex and rewarding type of writing. And I really love that kind of stand-up where, you know, you feel like this could really go wrong and then it never does. What's your uh, relationship with Quebec these days? Um, I mean, I feel like I hadn't been home in a long time. So I think coming back home feels good. Um, I do love Quebec. I mean, I really do. You know, even when I tour the rest of Canada, nothing feels like home but being home, you know? Um, and obviously I love it. And I do think there are definitely issues there. And I think as a comic, it's fertile ground for me. And especially that it's home, I think it, it resonates uh, a lot, not just with me, but with my fan base over there. How do you, how do you mean? Well, I think it's not like someone from the outside who lived somewhere else is coming in critiquing Quebec, you mm -hmm. know? It's someone who lived there and who's saying stuff from, um, in French they say les marges, I guess the margins, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the, you know, like, you know, I, th I feel like my favorite stand-up and the reason I can relate to a lot of the comics who are my heroes is because I feel like we had the same sort of struggle in a way i love african american comics you know mm -hmm. they're always talking about american society but from mm -hmm. the margins mm -hmm. and i feel like that's where my comedy comes from and i think that's where some of the best stuff comes from that you even within quebec you can talk about it as you said earlier so yeah as, as from the margins from yeah the exactly and it's and it's also because i grew up there it's not like i'm just talking about something i read in the paper it's yeah. like i've lived it and i've seen people live it and i've leave, i've seen people live the consequences of it Are people always cool? Like, do you ever get people um, who might be a bit mad at you in the grocery store or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You definitely get that. You definitely get that. I've definitely gotten that, you know. So uh, I figured out how to shop uh, at 24-hour grocery stores off times after midnight. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I, uh, you know, it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. And it happens here. It happens in France. It happens everywhere. And I think it's become a touchy thing. Stand-up has is, is become, has, as you've seen, Uh, at the Oscars <laughs> yeah. has become, uh, you know, uh, somewhat of a dangerous job sometimes. Yeah. But I do think it's always been our job. It's always been our function as comics to address things uh, that are tough to address. And I think we've always been the first ones to um, unlock those issues, you know, to, 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 to unbottle all of that. And I think it's because, you know, we're not... Um, We're not by any way controlled by any committees or networks or, you know, regulatory agencies before we go, go up on stage and are able to say, hey, here, I'd like to talk about this right now. And here's my position on it. And I think for me as a writer, it's been interesting because I've been able to develop that a little bit more where I'm able to take a topic or take a, an issue, you know, see two sides of it and then also 
break down that issue and split it. You know, like for example, like I'll I'll talk about feminism, the divisions within feminism, like racism within feminism, and I'm able to do both sides of that as well. And so you really get to the bottom of an issue, and you're able to take all sides, and then someone's going to get mad because you've taken a side that they might not be. Um, you know, they might not agree with, but you're giving a whole picture instead of just the picture that's going to be safe. You know, you, 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 and you're comfortable with that. You're comfortable with people might be pissed off at you. I th- yeah, because I feel like what's the alternative, not doing the work I want to do, you yeah. know? So what would I rather do? Be happy and, you know, be fulfilled in terms of what I do as a, as a job or water it down and always wish that I'd done it properly you know and it's worked out i mean it's incredibly i'm sure you i mean it's it's even in the five or six years since i last saw you like it, how big it's gotten for you yeah i mean look i think it went at an outrageous speed i think the fun part is i don't see it from the outside so you know when you'll tell me about it yeah. i'll believe it or someone else does but you know i find you know i spend my time working and just loving what i do and you know i spend my time writing and performing and you know taking care of the business side and all that stuff. So I never get to see that, thank God. And I'm only reminded of how well it's doing when people tell me, and I'm reminded of coming from Cotonej when people like that lady at the store <laughs> tell me, and just like when you go back home to Newfoundland. And I find that's such a fun balance to have, you know? What was the ad I saw for your tour? Um, for those who, do you remember that one? Like for people who tell me to go back to my own country. Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> Can you tell me about that ad? Well, I've, you know, I do get a lot of that, you know, I get, uh, you know, because when you're, you're doing, you know, social political comedy, you're going to get people saying, well, who do you think you are? Go back to your country. And that's all fair when I'm in France or the U.S. But when I get here, when I, you know, I find that it's a, there's a different level because I just keep driving around in circles. I'm like, I don't know where to go. I was born here. You yeah. know? So especially in, in Montreal. So uh, I thought that was a good way to address those haters. For those, yeah, for those who keep telling me to go back to my own country, here I am. Here I am. <laughs> um, it's really amazing to see what's what's been happening. Um, I look forward to having you in another five or six years. Yeah, I'm hoping it happen in five or six weeks. Oh, great! Uh, congratulations on everything. Thanks so much. So great to see you. Sugar Sammy is on tour across Canada right now with his bilingual show. It's called "You're Gonna Rear Two. That is it for this episode of Q. Um, uh, thanks so much to, for, to Sugar Sammy for sitting down and talking to me. If you want to see that conversation, you can see it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com. I think, I think youtube.com slash QT. I, I don't know. Go to youtube.com and search Q with Tom Power, and, and, and that's, how it'll, that's, a, that's how it'll show up. Not that I ever do that. <laughs> Not that I ever do that and look at the comments and tell you that much. Anyway, uh, the other episode uh, we uploaded today is, is a really interesting one. It's a conversation between Talia Schlanger, Q guest host Talia Schlanger, and Liza D. Oliviera, who uh, stars in this, this brand new show. By the way, they taped the conversation before the actors strike. She presents a predicament I hadn't thought of before. What happens when you're on set acting with a movie star and you have to collaborate with them, you have to act with them, and you still get starstruck? I should tell you uh, an interesting method she used to deal with that. All right. See you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.